Hello everyone, before we get started, don't forget to subscribe, click on that notification bell, share, like, dislike, comment, let us know what you're thinking. You could also follow us and leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to leave a donation to the Angel of Words podcast via Cash App, it is A-O-W-E-N-T. Now, today on the Angel of Words podcast, we have SEO manager for Circa Interactive, Mr. Ray Martinez, on deck on the Angel of Words podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Angel of Words podcast. I am your host, Angel of Words, and my guest today is SEO manager for Circa Interactive, all the way from San Diego, California, Mr. Ray Martinez. Mr. Martinez, how are you today, man? Thank you for joining us today on the podcast, brother. It's a pleasure to have you. Angel, I am humbled and honored to be here. Thank you for having me as a guest, man. It's lovely to be here. I love your show and what you've been doing. Um, but yeah, man, um, it's great being on here. You know, just as an SEO manager every day, I, you know, work with larger businesses right now, help them get found on search. Um, my big thing is, you know, I, I help people market the people and find the right target audience and make sure a message matches the people that we're trying to meet. You know, I want to make sure I'm meeting people where they are and not doing too much. Well, I'm glad that you already broke into it because that was, you know, that was going to be my first question. Like, could you break <laughs> down what you do in layman's terms, man, for the untechie savvy human being? So I have this thing that I do. Anytime I interview someone for an SEO job, I, I answer one question. I ask this question all the time. What is SEO? Yeah. And to me, SEO is making sure that you are found on search in organic search results. So when you pull up a Google search, what you'll see is you'll see ads at the top of the page. And then right there below, you'll see that first organic result. And that to me is gravy. And there's a whole magic sauce. There's a whole bunch of different things that you can do in terms of tweaking on page. There's a whole bunch of things that you do by building backlinks. There's a whole bunch of things that you do by structuring your content and having your content written a certain way to really, and it's, you really need a combination of all those things to earn that number one spot. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like a puzzle. So every site needs something different. Every page needs something different. Every topic needs something different. Um, so it's all about, all about analyzing all those pieces and putting it together so that I can get the most eyeballs on my client's website or web property. Ray, that's a lot of work, man. I'm going to be completely honest with you. You know, I, I've done, obviously, you know, because I'm posting stuff online all the time. And I'm like, bro, like, how do you even go about optimizing website, you know, website, social media content, you know, uh, digital content? Like, you know, how, like what thought, what goes through your head, man? Because, you know, it's a lot of different variations. Honestly, you know, you know what? it's funny because like, so as you know, I, I, I studied advertising and public relations. So I came from like a very traditional background. Like I didn't, I didn't ever intend to be an SEO. And full disclosure, guys, Ray and I went to college together. We got our bachelor's degrees together over yeah, there at City I, College of New York. I, Shout out to them. And you're right, man. Like it was old school. Like it it's was very old traditional. school. Yeah. It, it's very no, traditional. Ahead, yeah. And um, so I actually was working for a club. I was working as an intern. Um, you know, the owner of the club, she brought me downstairs, said, hey, here's our website. Try to make it rank. Try to get it found because we want to bring people in. You know, I want to make sure. So she had me optimize a listing on Yelp. She had me go through the website. I did a whole bunch of what we call now black hat. So I went on these websites, found out little hacks and tricks that now Google would penalize your site and remove you from the index. Um, and did all these, <laughs> yeah, did all these, you know, back in the day, you could, do that though because Google wasn't looking for it and, and now as it's evolved over the last decade really it's when you see Pan and Penguin come in so basically Penguin was a link so basically they were looking for spammy links and it was looking for the quality of your site to make sure that you're actually putting out quality um, and it 
cut a lot of the bad practices down. Like back in the day, I could just take a bunch of text, put it in white or whatever color the background is, and stuff a bunch of keywords in that text, make it invisible so that you can't see it. So I keyword stuff on the page and I rank really well. Can't do that anymore. Google understands context. Um, so, you know, I took that and I really got interested in like ranking and kind of just worked my way into it. And when I moved out here to California after getting a master's from the new school in New York, um, I, I started working at this SEO agency and I really started from the bottom up. Like I started doing all the little execution stuff, like actually link building, going to directories, submitting links. So basically, you know, the big thing with SEO is, and this for the longest time it's been this, is the more links you can earn for a page, the stronger that page is going to rank. And there, there are certain things that you need from those links. You need relevancy. You need, you need those links to be trustworthy. You need them to be, and when I mean relevant, they need to be relevant to your content. They need to have anchor text that matches your content. They need to come from credible sources on unique, interesting content. So, you know, there's a whole bunch that goes into this link building. But back in the day, uh, what you could really do was you could just, I could just, you know, find a way to hack or add like a link into a plugin and get a million people to download this plugin, put it on their website, and I got a million links. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, well, it was a lot website, easier back then, huh? Exactly. So it's like, <laughs> exactly. So what you like, I'll talk to some of these old heads in the game right now. And they, you know, these guys own like, and they will never tell you how many websites they own, like, you know, 50 to a hundred websites and they're driving traffic because you can monetize all that. You know, we make and money that, off traffic. Yeah. That's you make money. That's where the money's at. Everybody wants that traffic and, you know, and your job. So people know is to make sure that you optimize that traffic. Correct. So it's basically I'm qualifying the traffic. I'm, I, when okay. we say optimization, what I'm doing is, you know, there's there's multiple things. So like me, I specialize in three three main areas for my industry, and I deal specifically in higher education right now. My clients are you know large universities, um, tier one schools that you know by name. Um, for example, you know one of the big clients I work with is LSU Online. They're my they're okay. my favorite client. Um, but you know, I've really watched their site go from having thousand visitors in January to, you know, X amount now. And it's like a huge amount of growth, you know, in, in a short period of time, um, because we did it the right way, you know, and, and we worked as a team to make sure that their pages are structured in a way that their users get the most information. And, and it's not about, you know, nowadays it's not about like, trying to please Google. It's about making sure the user gets what they need. Um, and yeah, I mean, just SEO practices right now, you know, kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> nah, nah, it's all good, man. Nah, it's all good. But you know, what do you think is the most important thing that people need to know about managing website content? Managing. Okay. So, so managing website content, getting back to on-page optimization. I yeah. mean, you want to, you want to make sure you meet Google best practices. I mean, there are best practices out there, like making sure that your URL, like, you know, if you have, uh, if you're using a content management system and your URL structure is incorrect, like you have like numbers or file numbers associated with your URL from a, from a PHP query string. So I'm getting deep into it right now. No, no, so go ahead, man, because, you know, this is, a, this is valuable information, man. So basically, if, if you have that query string attached, right, anything in a query string on a URL, if it's not properly being tagged or, tagged or canonicalized, is not indexed. Because what Google is saying is, oh, you're searching for a file, but I'm not going to index that independent file. Rather, I'm associating this with the URL. So everything that comes up on this URL, minus whatever you're searching, is so basically you're creating duplicate pages in the site. Gotcha. And Google, and Google looks at that and they rate the quality of your site and they lower the quality of your site. They say, no, you have all these duplicate pages serving the same exact title, offering no benefit to the user. My phone is talking to me because I mentioned Google. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know but, exactly what phone Ray carries on them, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, you didn't know, now you know, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, basically when you want to ma manage website content, you have to think of content in a, in a silo, um, really from a topical structure. I think, you know, so there's a, one of the thought leaders in SEO is Ahrefs. It's a tool that SEOs use to understand links, understand content. Um, it's a great tool to really just diagnose a lot of issues with your site. Um, that particular tool, they have a re they basically have a really good guide on um, content strategy and developing content around content silos. And they, they have this particular model where they talk about a page. Let's say right, we have a, a page, an area of your site that's focused on fruits and vegetables. You're a grocer and you want fruits and vegetables. So then you get down into individual individual fruit pages, individual vegetable pages, right? And then you from there, you get into the individual fruit itself or whatever variant. So you have like, I go, you know, fruits and vegetables folder. I'd go into fruits and I'd have an orange. So I'd have a fruits page. I'd have an orange page, each with headings. So you know, fruits and a variety of, you know, a variety of fruits, you know, that'd be eight, my head, my heading one. What is a fruit this is my next H2. That's my next section. And from so on and so on, I build out topics to really just talk about all the angles and aspects of a fruit. And the reason I do this is because I'm showing my authoritativeness. I'm showing my understanding of this concept of what a fruit is. So then I'd get in, into the individual page and do the same thing with similar headings. And you basically, and what you're doing by creating and adding all these headings is you're pulling in organic keywords that you rank for. And the more variations of organic keywords, I liken them to doorways. They're entry points to your site. The more entry points you can rank for, the more traffic you're going to get. But it has to be relevant. It can't be something that is not relevant to 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 a site. Exactly. And, and, and up on that. Well, not so much Google is going to pick up on it. It's that if you're trying to monetize this, right? Say you you want to generate leads, right? Let's say that Angels and Words wants people to sign up for the monthly a monthly newsletter. Yeah. Right. And you want to drive signups. If I'm driving traffic about fruits and vegetables to your sign-up page, they're going to land and say, what the hell is this? <laughs> Got you. <laughs> and so what, what are you going to do if you, you get faked out like that? You're going to leave immediately. I'm not going to, this is spam. This is a very, that's a, that's what we call a black hat practice. Actually, Google calls it, you know, there's a certain type of cloaking where I can send you from one URL to another that has nothing to do with it. Google actually basically like a clickbait type of situation because it's basically you're, 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 you're faking something, somebody out and you're showing, you're showing one thing, but you're actually bringing them to another property that has nothing to do with it. Gotcha. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's very much in line with like fishing practices. So it's like, you have to think about this. And so we want to make sure that when you know, you're building out a content strategy or building out something around your site, um, it's relevant to you. It's relevant to your industry. It's relevant to your your mission. It's relevant to the services, the offerings that you provide, um, because then you have you get what's called qualified traffic. And we say it's qualified traffic because we have tools like Google Analytics, which I will say is a must for every small business owner. If you don't use Google Analytics, you should be. It's a free analytics tool. It's a JavaScript snippet that you actually put on your site. Um, it's called a UA code, a universal analytics code that Google created. Um, it's a trigger. So it basically is triggered when a user lands on your site, registers a visit, it tracks their visit. Um, it's all this data is anonymized by the way. So you can't see who the user is, but you understand where users are landing. You understand where they're navigating to your site. Um, and I like to use that tool to really understand what my, what users to my site value. What's the content that resonates with them? Um, and, you know, Google Analytics is a really great tool to really diagnose that. And there's also these engagement metrics. So one thing that Google provides you with is something called bounce rate. Bounce rate is essentially the percentage of users that land on your site and took no action and leave immediately. Generally, you want a bounce rate under 
That's what would be considered an industry norm, an average bounce rate. Anything above that, you, it's showing that your content is not quite relevant to the target audience. If we did that fruits and vegetables page to Angels of Words podcast, you'd probably see like a 98% bounce rate. And then you'd see, you'd get leads. You'd probably get signups, but it'd all be spam. Got you. Got you. Now, when they talk about, you know, because they talk a lot about building and nurturing an online community, right? What, you know, how do you go about that? And what exactly does that mean? I think it's just engagement. I think it's, uh, so there's a couple of things that you got to do, like if, and it depends on the platform. So, you know, with Facebook, when you have a page, you know, you really want to drive up the users external from your friends and family. Like you want your friends and family to like the page but you want more people than your friends and family. And, you know, the real reality is you're going to pay. You got to pay, you know, X amount of dollars, a couple hundred bucks to do what I'd call a likes campaign. And essentially, okay, so that works. Doing those campaigns on Facebook does add value to whatever brand you're trying to market. Yes, but I, 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 would, I would also couple that with it needs to match your audience. Got you. So you need to really understand the interest of your audience. So you can target the audience you want, or if you have a mailing list, you can create what's called a lookalike list. Um, and lookalike lists in Facebook, essentially you upload this list and they look for profiles of similar behavioral interests. Um, and then they'll give you this list of users to advertise to. Um, it's very intuitive. I think, you know, especially with, with more media-based and creative-based, Facebook's an interesting platform to advertise to because you can do a lot more. Um, I think with, like, a longer sales cycle style, like, product. So, like, because I market, um, I market higher education degrees. Specifically, you know, my, you know, my company's bread and butter is master's, online master's degree. It's, you know, it's a harder proposition and we have to we have to use creative in a different way to re-engage and personalize, and that's matched across like email marketing. So it's like it's a full inbound campaign across multi-channel. As where you're a small business, I can almost do all of my brand in one social media platform. That's that's crazy, man. Now, what what triggers should you like you know should you use for your website when you're monitoring you know when you're monitoring you know uh, user analysis? What triggers should you look for? Like what 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 insight is really the most important, or is it just goes depending on what you're trying to market? I mean, the, the data is going to tell you the story. So I think I think okay. I think the main thing is looking at the story. So I, like, for example, I've seen you know I've seen sites that have seen a one day spike in traffic. Right. And then I go back and I'd be like, man, what's, I couldn't correlate. What's with this one day spike in traffic? And then I speak to the client. I'm like, Hey, you know, I saw this one. Day. Oh, they're like, Oh yeah, we had this big event. So it's like the data is going to tell you a story. Yeah. Right. There's real world events that are cycle. happening that are going to translate into people coming to your site and actually interacting with the site. So if I see my users growing month over month, but I see a bounce rate at 90%. Mm. I know that my traffic's too gay. I know it's, it's fake. Yeah, it's no good. Exactly. It's, it's dirt, gonna, as that, we say in New York. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, wow, it's all man. fake. Yeah, so like, you know, one thing that you can really look at to understand the quality of your traffic also is time um, is the average session. Like how long a user stays on site. Um, really, you want that over a minute at least. You want a user to give you. You can't get them to give you a minute. There's something wrong. Because you know what? Like a minute to two minutes is just enough time for a user to just enter their email address or sign up for something that they might find interesting. You know that that's just enough time. But anything under that. Are they taking any value from my content? Then? So I have to think mm. about that. How many pages are they going to on the site? So if it's over one page average session, I know that they're clicking to another page. And you can actually see the user path and say, hey, you know, 30% of the time users go who land on this page go to this page. 
So you know that these pages should have better interlinking. Maybe you should call out the page that they're linking to directly on the page. Nah, that makes sense. That makes... Now, what about keyword research? Like, do, is it, like, should you research like keywords before you even oh, start yeah. doing anything? Of that, so like, I like, because I, I always tell people, like, I mean, before you even, because I mean, I feel like, I, I felt like I did enough research before I even launched Angel Awards podcast, but I could have done more. And one of those things that I could have done more is keyword research. So when I'm, you know, doing these things, I can actually try to drive traffic to where I'm going. And I wasn't too hip to the game on that. How do you feel about researching keywords before you even get anything started? But key, is it something that you can adapt to? Keyword research is everything in life. Got you. It's everything that I do. It's now, is there a product. site Ray you can go to? Like, you know, how do you know that you're so, getting valu you know, valuable information? For, and so I think, so I think there, are, there are a bunch of different tools out there. So in Google Ads, you can use the Keyword Planner if you have an active campaign running. Um, you also have BuzzSumo. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, what's it called? SpyFu. So they have a keyword, keyword uh, research tool. You have SEMrush. You have Ahrefs. Um, there's a bunch of different tools out there, um, that you can actually use for keyword research. Also, there's this really cool, uh, browser plugin, um, for Google Chrome that's called, uh, it's keywords everywhere. So essentially anytime you Google search anything on, you'll get a sidebar on your Google search. It'll give you related keywords. It'll give you their cost per click. Um, so quick research and their difficulty. Um, it's like 10 bucks. And you get a hundred thousand searches, or up to a hundred thousand. That's valuable. That's valuable, though. It's worth exactly. investing in. Okay. So, and it's and it's it's also giving you related keywords, and it's giving you maybe it's giving you what they call long tail variants. So the thing with keywords are, you know, the big part of research is not just finding a keyword that matches your intent, but finding one, especially for small business owners, finding one that's not competitive, that you know your site. Because the big thing is. You know, sites need what's called authority. Google looks at how old your site is, how many links and citations are pointing to your site, how many unlinked brand mentions there are of your site. For example, like I've seen larger brands like an LSU brand, they benefit. They'll see a huge spike in rankings around a national championship win. They're the online school and they're receiving it from the football team's brand. And they see this, and they just benefit because LSU is being mentioned everywhere. Facts. So, you so if you are in a competitive space and you have larger players in the game, you damn well better believe that they're investing in SEO. And not only are they investing in SEO, they're investing in valuable links. But here's the thing: you could look at these top players in the game, and you could see the keywords that they they are ranking for. You can see what they're not ranking for, and you, that's where you find your opportunity. You call that a gap analysis. Pull all their keywords, look, look at where your keywords are, look at for opportunities that they're not ranking for that you can actually get in. <coughs> Excuse me. And you're grabbing all this information via, via Google Analytics? Is this, this information is there? So this is, I mean... It's a variety of sources. So like when you do the keyword okay. research, basically you're getting, a, with certain tools, you're getting how many searches you, average searches there are a month, how many average clicks there are a month. What, if you were to bid from a cost per click perspective, what the cost per click would be. Um, and, the, and basically the more expensive a keyword is, the more competitive it's gonna be. Because the, the higher the cost per click, it's telling me that it's driving qualified traffic, which is why the bid is so high. So I look nice. for things like that, and I take that information on the organic side, and I say, okay, who's ranking for this? So we look at the organic results, and we look at we do what's called a link gap analysis. We look at their backlinks. How many backlinks are pointed to this page? And not only how many backlinks are pointed to this page, how many internal link, how many internal pages do they have? on their own site pointing to this page that have their own backlink. So it's, it's a pretty layered. Yeah. 
Yo, you know, I, I love it. I feel like you're reading my mind. Like, you know, the questions I'm about to ask you. Cause it's I was actually going to ask you. I'm like this mysterious backlink. I didn't know what the heck that was to, you know, I was preparing for this podcast and now I'm like, yo, backlinks, that sounds interesting. Like, could you elaborate a little bit, on, so, a little bit more uh, on what that is and, and how valuable it is? So we call a backlink any, any site that says, Hey, I find, let's say somebody reviews you. Let's say the New Yorker reviews Angel the Board's podcast, and they link mm -hmm. back to your website. That's a backlink. And that's gotcha. like the highest quality backlink because it's the New Yorker magazine, and they're a high authority, well-reputed re well brand linking back to your site. So not only is it just like a really great brand mention, links actually pass equity from a, so the more authoritative site, by actually giving you this link back to your site, is actually passing you equity from their site to you. Mm. Mm. And that equity lifts up your pages in the ranking because to Google, they're saying this authority figure says that this piece is relevant enough to be mentioned on their site which is a vote of confidence. I, I liken it to like a citation. It's like all these citations, if people are citing you as a reference, it's a powerful indicator that you have a lot of knowledge around this topic. Got you. So it's like if Drink Pank, Drink Champs, for example, had a had a website, and then they mentioned me in their website, and now they're clicking on me, and they're like, "Oh, exactly, boost your rankings up," because it's like, "Oh, this uh, we're valuable, we're 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 the influencers," and now boom, this is like you know the I guess the underlings or the people on the rise or the people that are just but I, as influential. I would also say I would also yeah. say what's also interesting about that though the power mm -hmm. of a brand like a Drink Champs, right? Yeah. So like if Nori said, you know. Shout out NRE, you know, and then he goes, Angel of Words podcast, shout out, that's my man, right? Just him saying that, right, alone would generate yeah. so much traffic for you. Just just yeah. that alone would be, uh, that. Un it's called an unlinked brand mention. Yeah. Would be an, a valuable extension of driving traffic. Well, I won't hold my breath for that, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I love jerks. I love you, Nori. I'll I give love him, I'll give him a I shot. Love, I, I know. <laughs> I, I feel like having a shot for Nori, but. <laughs> hey, man, me too, brother. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. going to have to continue this grind. I don't mind. It's fun. I enjoy it. But yeah, no, but okay. But that makes perfect sense that what how bank links are implemented. Now, you know, how important is coding languages? Like, do you have to be hip to HTML, JavaScript, CSS? Is that something that you also have to do as an SEO manager? You have to be aware of or have some knowledge base in? So as, a, as an SEO manager, my responsibility in technical SEO, um, I have yeah. no code. Um, I'm not a coder. Like, I, I will not go out there and build a code. I just understand. I could go into your site. I could understand elements. I could read. I could say, okay. This is what this is doing. Um, for example, you know, I, I looked at my own site, which is built in WordPress. And I was like, you know, there's, we had a whole bunch of uh, jQuery on site and we were only using it for this animation that we could use, get the same effect using CSS, right? So we had a whole library loading and it was slowing down our site just for an animation that we could do with something else that we're already using and we use more of. So we have this unnecessary library that it's just, and it's, it's called, it's what we call render blocking. Got you. So you like, and you develop those things. Like I, I didn't go to school for that. You know what I mean? I, I was a writer and I ended up learning about HTML because I had to structure the page and I had to tag headings and I was actually doing the execution and reviewing to make sure that the on-page optimizations were done, I had to look for the title tag. I had to learn, oh, is the page canonicalized? Okay, I had to learn what a canonical tag is. I had to learn. So you basically learn these. I, I think the best part about being an SEO is you can self-teach yourself. I, th I think the main thing is diving into a site and not being scared to look at the code. And if you're not certain of what something is, um, look it up. You know, you know, a couple months ago, I had seen um, an it's called an inherited library system tag or inherited inherited paragraph system tag. Essentially, mine. 
No, I, like, I, I had known there was ways to like basically associate something and, and bring it on a page dynamically, but I'd never seen the actual tag. I was like, what the heck is this? You know? Um, and I was like, oh, so I Googled it. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and I think that's the, but it's also, the, it's important to note that these languages are always updated. Like there's always new uh, variations of bootstrap, new sorts of markup. Um, and there's, that's the thing, you know, with SEO, you always have to keep learning. You know, you ever get overwhelmed, Ray? To keep, you know, because this, this sounds like something you're learning on a daily basis. Like this is changing like second to second situation. Everybody talks about busting algorithms open. And I'm like, man, I would love to bust an algorithm open. But like, how am I going to go about that? They change constantly. And your job is to stay on abreast of that, man. Like how overwhelming so, must that be sometimes? I think it's going back to the story. Yeah. Don't get lost from the story. So Google Analytics is a story. The users that are converting and that are inter- engaging and inter- interacting with your content, that's the story. So if I know that there's an algorithm update and my wave decreases, I need to understand what, what happened with that algorithm update. So then I start going to the blogs. And blogs speculate a bit, but you can, you can get a semblance of what's going on there. You can also look at Google. They're not transparent. <laughs> That's, <crazy. laughs> so it's like, That's like watching CNN, Fox, and MSNBC and trying to decipher exactly. what the truth is. It, exactly. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, you know, it's fake news every day, all day. Oh, man, forget it. And man, it's wading it. through all that to understand. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's looking at the data is going to tell you, mm-hmm. right? The data is going to tell you. It talks if I you. see... Exactly. If I see my traffic decreasing, right, the volume of my traffic, the number of users is going down. When I see more users are converting, more users are engaging and they're staying on longer, I'm not as worried. Of course, I want to increase the volume again, but I see that my traffic's qualified. So now I'm saying, okay, that's qualified. how do I track more of this? How do I turn the knob up on? And that's where you have to use content strategy to really identify the areas. And it, it's it's mapping your users, understanding the personas, the people, because there's different types of users that engage with the site. You can get that demographic information from your Facebook and from your Google Analytics. It's right there on your page. And I think understanding and speaking to those users and speaking to, you know, this is a practice called newsjacking. Perfect example is, you know, the election. Using using that type of content to engage people, but not to divide, but to start a conversation. Yeah. That's volume. I got you. Yeah. Like I I had a client that's a, that's a, a nursing school. They're a small nursing school based in the southeast. They rank number one for Bachelor of Science in Nursing. Because we capitalized and we had a lot of content around pandemic prep. And this is before the pandemic hit. On just cold prevention, all that. And because of the generated interest, the natural interest and uh, increased interest because of COVID, the school just naturally saw a huge gain in pressure. And they're at all-time highs in traffic. Wow. Just because they were relevant and it was timeless. That's crazy, man. Now, now, Ray, like these websites, well, these places that make websites for you, such as Squarespace, Wix, WordPress, like are 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 they valid places to go to start, or should you start a website from scratch? What do you think? Like, is it is it even worth starting a website from scratch anymore? I think it depends. I mean. Um, depends on the nature of your business. It depends on um, how much traffic you expect to receive. It depends on how you want to monetize traffic. It depends on the technology you want to run behind that site. So I think, you know, there's a couple of things that will really determine that. I think for small businesses, if you know you're going to generate revenue and you're, and you're serious about your business and you want to put, invest in yourself, I would say WordPress.com. Um, because there's a lot of plugins and there's a lot of functionality and you can hire developers with experience on uh, WordPress for relatively affordable pricing. You go on like an Upwork 
or like a freelancer.com type deal. Oh, you can find like, resources. Yeah. 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 Wow. Basically you can find resources because it's, it's PHP is a very common language and that's what uh, wordpress.com is built in. So yeah, I mean, I would recommend that. Um, I have enterprise level clients, you know, clients with thousands of pages um, using WordPress. I think when you get over a million, in, <laughs> a million visits a day to your site, that's when you need to kind of like maybe outgrow like a WordPress or you have to do like a custom build with them or do a static like build for your website. I would say it's really pricey to build your website, build a static website. And then it's also a lot of work because you need a developer to go into the files, manually update files, because you, it's not a CMS doing the updating of all the plugins and all the languages for you. It's your developer having to go do that. Mm, and then you have to gotcha. pay for dev time. And then it's a bad, and because it's, because it's a server side, you generally end up, might end up playing like for a backend developer, which is a little more expensive than a front end developer. The backend developer does the server side stuff. Um, cause you need them to set up, uh, SSH. So you need them to like set up, uh, I'm sorry, uh, what's it called? FTP. You need them to sign too many acronyms in my life. Uh, so you need them title to, has an acronym. I figured like, yeah, you know, exactly. Too many, <laughs> yeah. So, so you need to, you need to set up FTP. So you need to, it's a file transfer protocol. Um, yeah. so that like somebody like me, if you have a static site, I can go into that folder add the necessary files or go into the, the files and update them in those folders so without going into the server doing it remotely and just accessing it through remotely in the server. that makes sense now now ray how do you use social media do you think it's you know do you think that because a lot of people seem to think it's like the most important thing but how do you feel about it like if you're if you're trying to brand yourself like is it something that is you should use you know that should be 30 percent of your brand 40 percent of your brand and it's marketing tactics like how do you feel about social media and, and the usage of it to, to to you know bring your brand to the forefront i don't think you can survive if you're a brand without being on social media that's just me. Um, that's my personal feelings about it. I think you need to get in where you fit in and you need to be there where your users are. Um, and your users are on social media. Yeah. Uh, it's a captured audience. It's right there. Tools are at your disposal. Um, let's say you write a blog post and you post it on your Facebook. For $20, you could boost that to like 20,000 people. Mm, interesting. <clears throat> It's, I mean, it's just, it's so simple. It's, it's a relatively easy tool that, and it's, it's intimidating. So it's like, it seems like a really high barrier, but you can go in there and you just play around and you play around with the targeting tools, the interests, and you can build audiences all you want. I mean, nice. they have data points on everyone. I don't know if you've like ever watched like Cambridge Analytica, it's crazy. Were, no, I mean, you know, I, I've been, you know, I've, 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 I've messed around with Google Analytics. I look at the analytics on my spot, on my anchor. You know what I mean? I look on my Google, uh, my analytics on my lips and like, I read, like, I, I know what my demographic is so, by age and gender, you know? So I have a good gauge on what's happening, so but like, it's reaching out to them. That is always the <clears> hardest <throat> part, finding, you know, and breaking that algorithm. You know what I'm saying? That I, I always say that it's like part of my I think life. Every I, day. I think it's the targeting. It's, it's when you get into mm. that ad set, it's, it's looking at your audience and setting the targeting at the right age, matching that demographic yeah. and matching the interest. I think it's taking the, the insights from Facebook and throwing it in there. But I also think like you have these larger players in the game, like, like Cambridge Analytica that had like, they basically did um, all the digital marketing for Trump in 2016. Mm. And what they were able to do for years, they were stealing data from Facebook with like, with like, Oh yeah, they got yeah. into a lot of trouble over that yeah, stuff, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. went so to that, court that and everything. That was a yeah, big exactly. deal. Yeah. So, so that that <laughs> that yeah, so that game, right? They were but basically you have, reading your mind, man. It was crazy, you know. Because they had they had nodes. So this is the type of information that Facebook has. So when you're using their targeting in their tools, you're using that level and that depth of information. So. Targeting by interest is very powerful. You know, I, I, I've, you know, seen people just target by age and by geo 
And that's not enough. You need yeah. to get the right type of user because what happens is if you're paying per impression and then you get a whole bunch of, you know, invalid or unqualified impressions, what does that matter? You just paid for a whole bunch of wasted ads. Um, so I think it, it's just, it's that personalization that matters. I'll say it's, you know, for me, I go from search engine optimization and I really want to take it to search experience optimization so that brand covers all these organic spaces. You know, yeah, I think you want to get to a point. Yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think another thing that like businesses need to use is to Google my business. If you are a physical business or you have an office as an online business, and you have a local ge geographic region that you want to hit. You need to use that tool. You need to be there just to be in the map pack. You need to claim your space. You need to claim your business. Because if not, somebody else is going to claim your business and uh, make money off. And you see this with what's called what are called ghost kitchens. I'm not sure. No, yeah, and I, yeah, I've heard of that, and then you know, I, I I also heard that actually, you know, posting your business and, and and getting like your friends and family to write reviews for Google is a good way to go because nobody's doing that. Nobody want you know. Let's say you have a you're you're working from home or the or you know you're working from home. You 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 have your studio, or whatever. There, a lot of people don't want to post their their business from their home location, but that helps you, you know, get get people to to come to come to your to your brand because maybe a lot of people in your area aren't doing it and it, it might help drive consumers your way. I would, I would put a disclaimer there though, because if okay. you know, depending on where you live and yeah. what the, the, like if you live in an HOA and they say you can't have a business <laughs> from your house and then you put up a yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. That's, uh, that's just you. bad news. I would say, yeah. but yeah, I mean, if you have like a brick and like, if you want to use your home office as a location. You want to say, this is my yeah. headquarters. Why not? You can set a service area. Say, hey, you know, I do, I only work with people in East Coast time zones because it matches my time zone. So I, I would use just Google My Business as a tool. Because not only that, it's, it's you're inputting your brand information and it's something that Google can use to populate a knowledge graph about your brand. So when you use Google My Business, you actually get a full knowledge graph with full panels. You can add pictures. And not only can you add pictures, if you add images that are relevant to the services you provide, you can actually drive qualified traffic with those pictures. Gotcha. Now, Ray, there's a lot of people out here that, you know, they give all this false information on marketing, on YouTube and, and whatnot. Like, you know, what platform or person do you think is a credible source of information for strategies of this nature? Like if you're going to go online and try to do, you know, try to do your research. Because, you know, so I'm I lucky I, I got you to come on the podcast, but a lot of people don't have that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, I, yeah, I, I would say I would, I would say, like, you got to look at the industry thought leaders and that. And, and those are like, you know, legacy for SEO would be like a mob. You have Ahrefs, which is, um, they're really good with understanding content, links, all things SEO. Um, Backlinko, which is really un good at understanding what we call off-page SEO, which is that backlink building. Um, yeah, so I mean, you have Neil Patel, who's another great um, resource. He has, a, he has his own agency, but he also has a blog resource, which really gets into the nuts and bolts of SEO. Um, there's Search Engine Journal. Search Engine Land, um, SE Roundtable. Whew. I, I can get, you know, uh, Traffic Think Tank. Those guys are really great. Um, and it's, it's like an innovative group of, of SEOs. Um, I actually have a colleague who's a member of Traffic Think Tank. Um, and they, it's, they're nationwide, and they basically get together and put their heads together and talk about things that are driving traffic and how they, you know, what the, the trends that they're seeing in terms of the industry and where they're going and the things that they're using data for and how they're putting content together. So those guys are really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, there's tons of resources out there. I'd say HubSpot, another great resource for businesses. Um, HubSpot is a marketing technology company. Uh, they really understand tracking, help people implement forms, um, and help with automation. So really cool stuff there. Yeah. I mean, I now, Ray, like, where do you think a small business, right? Should, 
should invest their money when you're, when you're starting off in terms of like marketing? So I would like, say, okay, I would say if you have a local area, you'd want to do local SEO. So there's three letters that you as a business, this is the acronym you need to know. It's NAP. NAP, N-A-P. N-A-P, NAP. Okay. Name, okay, address, NAP. phone number. Got you. And the reason you need to know that is it needs to be consistent across all your citations. And there are, you know, this is a service that I actually do on the side is I'll do cleanup for small businesses because it's, you know, you, you're talking about volume of websites. So, you know, you got to go through the yellow pages through. So you have tons of sites like yellow pages that actually index and list your site. And you need those to all be consistent with all the matching information and, and all having the same website. And Google sees this as a trust site. If you have inconsistent information, ranking locally is going to be really hard. Now, Ray, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm really in with the depth of information that you're providing today. It really makes me proud that we come from the same alma mater. You know what I'm saying? And, I, you know, um, I, I, I pre preface that to say this. You know, there's 16% of Latino Americans in the workforce. You know, 6% of them, 6% of Latinos overall are in STEM. You know, and there's 18 million, you know, high-paying jobs in STEM. You know, what what do you think? Wh why do you think that there's less of us in this situation? You know, in STEM and these kind of you know tech in this tech space, and you know we seem to be all in hospitality or service industry or you know things that aren't sustainable. Because as you can see, the pandemic has wiped that out. You know, a lot of people are on unemployment and a lot of Latinos are in unemployment. You yeah. know, so it, it's funny, man. It, not really funny, but it's it's interesting that you bring this up because like that that last part really hits ho close to home because I got a homie that just you just brought it who's in New York who's really affected. And I know yeah, I mean Ray, you know I used to yeah, you know I worked in the yeah, service industry when you met me, bro. I was a you know I was bartender when you met me. So like yeah. so it's like I think it's I think it's fresh. I think I mean when I go back to like so I was in an honors courses like I grew up part of my childhood in Puerto Rico. Right. And I came from Puerto Rico back to New York to public school in Brooklyn in a predominantly white neighborhood. And I wasn't put in the highest honors class, which I should have been. Yeah. I was put in the one right below it. Right. In high school, I got a 75 in an honors math class. I wasn't put into a regular math class. I was put into a remedial math class that set me back. Like I didn't do pre-calculus. So I went in my college path. I had never even done calculus. I took the easiest math I could possibly take. And I regret that because now I'm going back and I'm doing data statistics and analysis of data. And yeah, I you work with numbers all day. Yeah. I, I actually, I do forecasting. I, I, I use decay formulas. So like I use a fair bit of statistics and statistical analysis every day. Um, I think it's an oppression thing. I think, especially when you're a New York City public school student, you know, if you're going to be labeled, you know, they label kids. And when you label kids and when you, when you ship kids off to the bad class, like, cause I remember this particular school in Brooklyn, you know, they had the, it was the special class, which is the honors class, which was separated from all the other kids. And then you had the, you know, six dash one, six dash two, six dash three. And these classes were all separated by varying degrees of behavior. Oh, man, that's horrible. So it's you're basically segregating kids. Mm -hmm. By social and behavioral issues. So I say I directly relate this back to STEM. And I think what I do see, though, um, and I see this nationwide, is a pushing of the STEM and STEAM movement to a lot of communities of color. And I would recommend, yeah, I recommend parents letting your kids, get, getting your kids into science and math um, at a young age and trying to find resources around like after school programs for math, you know, getting them, you know, workbooks around science and math and having little experiments and encouraging that sort of behavior because 
I think in the long run, when you look at the engineering space and when you look at a lot of these higher paying job spaces, it's where we can really make our mark and move and actually change infrastructure and change and affect people's lives. And I agree. I mean, I agree with you because I mean, those spaces right now is really is what's going to drive the economy moving forward. And if we don't get that type of education, man, we're going to be lacking. You know, we're going to be slacking behind everybody else, and it's not going to be good for the development. You know, uh, you know, we can't be doing the same thing for the development of, of everyone, but we can't be doing the same things our parents were doing 20, 30 years ago. You know, like I, I noticed my little niece is learning the same way I was 30 years ago, and it's disconcerting. Yeah. I mean. I think I think there's a, I think there's a, a definite disconnect in the way that, especially like in public schools, the way kids are taught, and like, I can tell you like so when I went to school in Puerto Rico, you know my father worked for the federal government. I went to a private school on a military base, um, on Fort Buchanan in Puerto Rico, Tilly's Elementary School, and I had two class I had two teachers in the classroom for 15 kids, teaching me bilingual. So I have one teacher speaking English, one teacher speaking Spanish, and all the resources and attention you could possibly imagine. And I remember going from that environment to going to Brooklyn, and there's 40 kids in the class with one teacher. And, you know, it's it's natural for the teacher to be overwhelmed and not want to deal with all these kids. Yeah, I mean, I could just imagine. Like, that, that's... And it's crazy because these teachers care because, like, I'm I'm friends with this, that that sixth grade teacher on Facebook. Like, wow. you know, oh, hey, you go. yeah, you know what I'm saying? teachers so pets like, to the max, you know. Still <laughs> <laughs> the so test like, of time, I, this guy. You no, know? nah, you know what? She's let me tell you though, like, she's friends with all my classmates. Like, she has yeah. like. You we have, like, cool with our professors, bro? What's up? With that? <laughs> no, no, on you know subject. what? Like. I'm, I'm friends. I'm friends with uh, I'm friends with Applebaum and, and, and Professor Scott. I Jackson would like to Facebook. get in contact with Miss Applebaum, honestly, man. I gotta thank her, man. A lot of the things that she taught me still ring in my head till this day. I'll be completely honest with you. Honestly, when I started the role as SEO manager, uh, she reached out to me. She goes, "Oh, SEO manager. I see. I see, Mr. Martinez." So I mean, it's great to have that connection. And I think, look, your education is what you make of it. And I think, you know, it's a two-way street. So I think as a parent, you got to be invested in your kid's education. You got to show your kid that it's a value. Because if you show them that it's a chore, like I think one thing that I've seen a lot of just in my own family, and this is me speaking anecdotally, is I've seen, you know, education used as a punishment. Like you do, do your homework. Or, you know, it's like reprimanded to do your homework or to do something or to learn. Or punishment makes you, to make you read. Now that's that type of behavior should be encouraged. That should be a reward. You know, like for you know, I was blessed with parents that said, Hey, you know, you have this homework, but it, you know, the moment you do your homework, your free time is yours to do whatever you want. So when I was a kid, I would do my homework in class. So while my friends were like either talking or taking notes, I was doing the homework already. Because I knew that if I could show my mom that my homework was done. My free time was mine. Um, and so like I had, I had, I was blessed with parents that like set that value of saying, Hey, education matters. Um, wow. I, ho I hope I a think, lot of people are listening to this because what you said was just so profound right now because it makes perfect sense, man. If you breed it like that, if you, you know, if that's the culture, then that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to create. You know, that's the type of person you're going to create. Wow. That's deep. You know, I, 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 I see it all the time. I think it's hard now, especially to balance as a parent, your kids want for things. You know, they want a screen, they want a device, and you want to be the parent to give them that. But devices are bad. We have to understand that a lot of this social media, a lot of the tools that we're using, we may think that they're free. They are not free. We are being experimented on with behavioral things. And I, it's, it can be as simple as a button color change. They're trying I mean, to understand. Ray, we're being, told, we're being told when people don't even know that we're being told what we like, what we don't like. We're thinking that we're making these decisions. No, they're making those decisions behind the scenes yeah. or the tech people, behind the algorithms and everything. And exactly. They're, they're, 
Yeah. They're, you know, they're suggesting things for you to purchase. It's all about yeah. commerce. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I, I get into arguments with my own par parents because I'm like, yo, step away from the television because it's captured. You're trying, their job is not to inform you. Their job is to make money for their bosses. Mm -hmm. Their job is to keep you engaged as long as possible to say, hey, look at what my engagement rate was so I can charge X amount of dollars for an ad placement. That's what their job is. That's what, that's, this is, there is no difference between an MSNBC, a CNN, and a Fox News. None. They're all, they're all doing the same thing and they all switch positions and varying and they all rotate because, and you know, the people who, all the people who work at those agencies, they're not bad people. They're just people making a check. Yeah. It's like me and you just working, man. Exactly. Running, they're, just, they're just people <laughs> making a check. And I think we say, oh, big media and the overlords. No, it's not about that. It's about 15. It's about that extra $15 per second I can charge for an ad space. Because if I can do that to scale, that's a couple million dollars that I added in a month as oh, a company. Right. We can have a whole conversation about that, man. Yeah, anyway. Seriously, it's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, man. People really need to pay attention to what they're consuming, why they're consuming it, and be conscious of it. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, at the end of the day, you are a dollar. They're, they're buying your attention. I mean, they're, they're using your attention to make money. You know what I mean? But it, that, it is what it is, you know. Um, just consume what you feel you're going to need to better your life. That being said, we've reached a point in the podcast, Mr. Martinez, where it's time to play Five Words with Angel. All right. All right, Mr. Martinez, on Five Words with Angel, I'm going to give you a word. You're going to give me the first word or phrase that comes to your head. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. The first word is social media. Chaos. <laughs> the second word is Google Opportunity nice. The third word is Websites Lead generation mm. The fourth word is S-E-O The all powerful And now there's the curveball uh, obviously, it's the fifth word. That's what I like to do. The fifth word is the City College of New York, baby, CUNY. <laughs> Best times of my life. Oh, man, you ain't lying. You ain't lying, man. You ain't lying. Oh, my God. Now, Mr. Martinez, um, you know, before we end the podcast, please let us know what you think makes a good SEO manager and where to find you, man, if people have questions about what we just spoke about today on the Angel of Words podcast. Yeah, I mean, so I think what makes a really great SEO manager is attention to detail, um, uh, curiosity, and um, wanting to learn more and understanding how things work, and liking to put together puzzle pieces. I think really that aspect, and understanding just writing, if you like English, if you like literature, you like writing topics, for actually writing pages, or writing, doing any sort of content, SEO is pretty interesting and would be right up your alley. Um, and in terms of reaching out to me, um, if you're a small business, reach me at raymond.martinez at me.com. So once again, that's raymond.martinez at me.com um, with any inquiries. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. I, you know, my, my specialty, you know, where I really cut in and started with this business was with small businesses. So now one more thing, Ray, could you give a message out to the, to the kids out there, man, that might want to get into what you're doing right now? Yeah, I mean, it's just keep at it, work. I mean, I, I think your path is never defined. Um, you'll find your way into whatever you're going to do. And, and if you're going to get into digital marketing, I would say just run with it. I would say own every space and don't be scared to ask questions. Ask a lot of questions and, you know, learn from experience. Get your hands dirty. Don't be scared to do the hands-on work and learn the execution because where you actually grow is through the execution. Through the execution, you learn the strategy. And from strategy, you can understand where the money's at. Well, Mr. Martinez, thank you for joining us today on the Age of the Words podcast. 
My good friend is a is really good to see you, man. Great yeah, to great. see that you're pleasure. busting it down out there in San Diego. And you know, we will be in touch moving forward, man, for sure. Awesome. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, brother. I'm I'm honored to be on the podcast, man. It was great sharing this time with you. Um, and thank you to all the viewers out there. What's up, y'all? I hope you enjoyed my interview today with SEO manager for Circa Interactive, Mr. Ray. Martinez dropping that knowledge about how to get your stuff popping via Google via anything that has to do with anything media now you know where to find us on uh, YouTube at Angel of Words ENT. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a donation if you want to at AOWENT on Cash App. And if you want to know what I'm up to on my social media, catch me at Angel of Words ENT, all one word. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. We'll talk to you later.